Love this song. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gentlemen's Dojo. Oh my God, Gary Cannon, Patrick Keene, Steve Byrne, and today we are blessed in studio. In studio, this tune. I I I remember listening to this on cassette. I wore the tape out. Yeah, yeah. Literally wore the tape out, and the gentleman to my right wrote and produced this hit amongst a plethora of other tunes that we all know from our childhood, from our youth, from, you know, just they're on the radio constantly. Gary, since you booked this gentleman, why don't you go ahead and... Well, I got to tell you, first of all, I, this is no joke. I'm actually getting a little chill up my spine hearing this song because I love this song too. Okay. Gary lost love his, it. He He's lost his virginity to I this song. I lost my virginity oh to this my song gosh. in my parents' bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the only place my mom felt comfortable. I lost Hello. my virginity again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were we were excited because last week we had on Fran Strine, who was the producer director for the Netflix movie Hired Gun. Yeah. We found you through that. We loved you in that. And then Fran said, "Hey, would you be at all interested in having Ray Parker Jr. on the show? Because he has a campaign that he wants to talk about." I was like, "Are you serious? We would absolutely love to have him on." Yeah. We found out that you lived here in L.A. Yeah. I said, "Is there any way that he would come in studio and do this with us?" We, we'd absolutely love to meet him. He said yes. You said yes. We can't say thank you enough for making the drive to come in. Well, thank you. To yeah. Burbank. How about a round of applause for our guest today? <laughs> the original, the one and only Ray Parker yeah. Jr. Oh, yes. Yeah, Boom. Oh. This guy's in shape. This is what I want to look like. Look at this guy. Again, when you then, get old, because I'm getting up Wow. It's <laughs> a good looking man. I'm not going to lie. It's money. That's money. Yeah, it's he, money. He, he, he talks about the, I'm a little short on the checking money. Checking the stocks. <laughs> just a second. Ripped. Jeff Bezos has 140 billion. I can't even get a B next to money. <laughs> how did you and me, how did you Fran connect? Have you have, did you know Fran a long time? Well, I knew, I knew a, a friend stuff. of mine, Jay Graydon, called me yeah. and said they're doing this film, and we're so tight, me and Jay, that I didn't question anything. I said, don't tell. I'll just show up. Just tell me where to go. So some of this stuff, you know, when you got your your homies that you've been with for 20, 30 years. If they say do something, you just go, okay, it's a good idea. Right. Let's go do it. You know? Yeah. So it's it's crazy because you do this movie and like all of us, somebody told me about this movie, Hired Gun, about all these session guys yeah. who are always behind the scenes. And it's funny because you don't really put two and two together that, you know, these guys are just important to the main artist as yeah. everybody else. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah, I mean so And a lot of people didn't even know I was a session guy. How really? About that? Yeah, people don't even know I play the guitar. I mean it's, it's a lot of people yeah. who think one day I woke up in the morning and went, who you going to call? Then I went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, it's funny. I read the articles. One hit wonder. I'm like, one hit wonder? Yeah. Is that yeah. crazy? Yeah. I was carrying the Hammond B3 organ up the stairs at 13 years old. Yeah. You said one hit wonder. I'm going to punch these guys. What are you so talking can you, about? Let, let's regress. Let's, let, well, yeah, we'll get to your, your charity, right? Yeah. Um, well, the fundraising movie. The that, fundraising. Yeah. Indiegogo. Yeah. You want to talk about that now, or you want you want to well, say that? Well, yeah. well, since you're talking about Fran, Fran is going to direct this this thing. Yep. And, okay. And okay. Once I met Fran through Higher Gun, like everything evolves. You know, he started. You know, we we've traveled together, so he starts talking, and he thinks my story is interesting because I'm from Detroit. Where the, I don't know if you saw the movie Detroit. Oh. But where that movie was filmed yeah, yeah. was on a street called Virginia Park, where I grew right. up on Virginia Park at that same time period. So I got beat up by the police. Like, I don't know anything about basketball, football, because the police used to take my football, beat me up, and drive me a mile away from home and drop me off. What? Wow. And that's, yeah. that's what? That, that'll be late 60s then, right? When those yeah. riots were happening in Detroit. Yeah, 67. So what's interesting about that, yeah, I was only 13, 14, 15 years old. But then what's interesting Jesus. about that is 
the more I told him about my stories and all the crazy stuff went on, he said, that's the movie right yeah. here. Yeah. You know, so we're going to, and it's a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's. Gary it's, got uh, his Nintendo taken away from him for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, right he, can, he can relate. He can, he can relate. relate. To yeah. Well, what part of, are you Detroit? You're not Detroit. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm from the mean streets of Sterling Heights. Okay. So you understand sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. the gang yeah. <laughs> shoes and yeah. I had a paper route. So you know, yeah. I mean, we can Sterling relate. Heights. We go back. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can listen to the name of it and say it sounds different. Sometimes I'd go to Blockbuster Video, it was closed early. We can relate, right? Gary was reckless too he didn't rewind videos when he returned to blockbuster <laughs> yeah. he was crazy he was so they fine him a little bit yeah and, yeah his mother paid the fine <laughs> so, so was music a, a a release was that music was not only a release but it was my love but it was escape too right the only way for me to escape that reality of growing up maybe working in the factory at ford motor company for the next 50 years which is what right. everybody did back which in is Michigan. what everybody did my dad worked at ford and did double shifts for 48 years. Wow. Jesus. I mean, done anything. 48 years. I mean, yeah. just think about that. And it wasn't pleasant. He worked outside because he'd wear these huge boots with the things. And sometimes it'd be 10, 15, 20 below zero. Right. You know, so the first house I ever bought was a house for my, my dad. You know, That's great. Yeah. And, and he worked really hard. Back to, there? Or did you move him out here? No, or I didn't want to move out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Figure this out. Go figure. <laughs> my mom and dad, Beverly Hills. You know, come on, guys. Y'all saw the movie, The Beverly Hillbillies. I've been talking about this since I was seven or eight. And but you know, they were older and they had their friends in Detroit and their relatives. And I was the only one out here. And you know, my dad, he didn't really like it out here. I took him to Benny Hanna's. Yeah. They cut the food up. He said, "Can you just bring me a steak instead of all the little pieces and stuff?" You know. <laughs> and then he saw my house, and you don't think about it, but there's no brick houses here. The house is made out of stucco. My dad says, if I punch this too hard, I punch through this wall. What is this? Yeah. You know, so he just couldn't relate to the yeah. California lifestyle. You know, I lived on top of the hill. He was like, why couldn't you afford a house at the bottom with everybody else on the flat land? <laughs> why they bury you way up around? You got to drive around circles and stuff. You know, he's, he wasn't feeling it. You know? I guess your dad's the type of guy where you're like, hey, I got pissing tickets tonight. He's like, who are they playing? It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, were, were your folks, I assume, very supportive of you? Oh, yeah. My dad was really, really supportive right up until I told him I wanted to leave college and play. Uh, that didn't go so well. Because yeah. for him, it was a hobby. Right. And in my dad's mind, it's wonderful. My son's playing the guitar. He does that all day, every day. He's not selling drugs. We don't have to get no lawyer to get him out of jail. He's not stealing. He's yeah. not gangbanging. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's playing the guitar. And then one day, Stevie Wonder called me to go on tour, but I was in college learning how to, to make car parts. I was going to be a, what you call a white-collar worker. My dad was a blue-collar worker. Right, white-collar right. worker is the guy who sits in the office and pushes the pencil and does that thing. You know, the name you have the window yeah, to the yeah, back. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe get a window. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. And uh, so he thought that this was going to be, I was going to be the first one in the family to get this white-collar job and college education. He had all this planned out. And he says, son, I've been saving money for you since before you were born for this activity, right? Right. And I'm like, oh, so you want me to be in this room with the white walls, this uh, 10 by 10 for 50-something years? I said, please shoot me now and get this over with. Yeah. It just wasn't my thing, period. You know. What college and, are you at at this time? Uh, Lawrence Institute Lawrence. of Technology, LIT, they call it. Because, Ray, but it is interesting because, you know, I grew up in Michigan. My dad, blue-collar guy, was, yeah. was a janitor at Chrysler yeah, for years and years yeah. and years. And I think when you live in Michigan in a suburb, it's just assumed that, 
That's you're going to go work for yeah. the big three. Yeah, assume the position. So when, when, when you're a guy who's like, hey, I'm going to branch out and do something creatively, yeah. somebody's looking at you like, what's that? What's this guy doing? <laughs> How are you going to get a pension? How are you going to get some retirement? How are you yeah. going to get some, you know, well paid? I mean, so it was, my dad was very concerned about sure. that. And what I told him I was getting ready to do was even more concerning because he was much older than me. You know, he had me late in life. And I said, Dad, I, I have an opportunity to go on tour with Stevie Wonder and the Rolling Stones, you know. Jeez. And he's like, who? What? The Rolling Stone? What the heck's that? You yeah. Know? And he barely knew what Stevie Wonder was. He was like, is that the guy that's blind? He said, can't see where he's going. What are you doing? <laughs> I said, Dad, this is going to be okay. So, And how eight, old are you at this time? 18. 18. Right. Eight in fact, I wasn't even 18. I was 17 when he called me because I got home. out of high school early. He called your home. Yeah, he yeah, must. called my home. <laughs> they called my home. Ray, how did, how did Stevie, Stevie Wonder. How did you and Stevie Wonder? Well, how see, did that's he... a long story, and you're missing part of it. Okay. But before that, I had, my first tour was with the Spinners when I was 14. Oh, my God. And I had God. been playing all the Gladys Knight stuff at the 20 Grand, all the Marvin Gaye records, Smokey Robinson. And you in high school. Board. Yeah, in high school. Honeycomb, put in the one ads, and all that's me playing oh guitar, God. and the 100 Proof, and Free to Pain. And so I was working with all of the acts. And I guess... When Stevie Wonder wanted a guitar player, everybody told him, there's only one guy to call. You got to call this, this guy, Kid Ray. And when he called me on the phone, Music From My Mind was out at the time. It was my favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. and, and the truth, I think I've told the story before, but I actually hung up on him when he called. Right, then he called back a couple Why'd times. Why'd you hang I hung up? up? Because I didn't you think it was to... Stevie Wonder. I mean, I yeah. thought it was one of my friends. I mean, I only had one record in my car. It was Music From My Mind. What's the odds on the whole planet Earth that Stevie Wonder's going to call you? Yeah. Right, so the the one guy I'm playing his music car, he calls me on the phone, and I thought it was one of my friends fooling around. You know, yeah. so I hung up, and the third time I hung up, I put some four letter words along with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he said, you know, I think I think we're not communicating, we're not getting this. Right? So he was like, don't make me have somebody else dial your number yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, dial number. Stop again. hanging up on me. So he, I never forget what he said. He says, he says, hold on a second, and then he played me the rhythm track that he had just started to superstition he just put like one or two oh, instruments man. on it and when i heard the boom 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 boom, boom i'd be like uh oh i've been hanging up on stevie Wonder. <laughs> and he said the kindest thing to me he said uh you don't have to audition everybody told me you're the guy mm -hmm. i just want to know if you want to go or not wow and he says wow. he said the first thing we're going to do is go to san francisco and record a record with crosby stills nash and young <laughs> then oh we're going to fly God. to la and i'm we i want to help i want you to play on my talking book album that i'm doing and then we're going on tour with the Rolling Stones, 72 Rolling Stones tour. So that's what I did. But I had to have a long talk with my dad and yeah. convince him to let me go. And that's, that's what I did. Wow. That's were... why, I, and that's one of many, many stories that's going to be in this film. That, yeah. You know, once I started talking to Fran, he was like, we got to document this. This yeah. is more interesting. Ray, when Stevie asked you to do this tour, had you left Detroit yet? Had you been no. out? Had you been to the no. West Coast at all? Uh, yeah, once. Okay. Once I made it to the West Coast. But in my mind, I was here a million times. I mean, I watched Leave it to Beaver, the Beverly Hillbillies. And when I was as early as eight, nine years old, I was in turmoil. Mm -hmm. I told my, my uncle and my cousin, I said, you know, I'm really torn. I don't know what to do with myself. I really like uh, I really like Hollywood, but I really like Beverly Hills, too, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And one of my relatives said, oh, they're right next to each other in the same place. <laughs> oh, funny. I said, oh, oh, thank you, Lord. It's, 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 I got it now. I got this, you know. But ever since I was eight, nine years old, I was always telling my relatives I'm going to live in a house with a horseshoe driveway in, in Beverly Hills of Hollywood in California. You know? So you had grand aspirations from a very young age. You knew. Well, I knew I had to get out of Detroit. Kicking yeah. my butt in Detroit. I mean, I was just wanted to get out alive was the first thing to get yeah. out to. Yeah. And so to me, that was, uh, that was always my dream.
to get to the West Coast. Well, I think for all of us, I'm sure that when we're starting off as, you know, artists in our own respective fields, you know, there is some blowback from the from the parents, yeah, you know. Yeah. But when when was the moment that your father acknowledged and was like, okay, I we, get it Well, now. after Stevie wanted to call, we had to sit down and have a powwow. Because mm-hmm. you know, me telling my dad I'm not going to finish school and go work at Ford. Everybody right. had to work at Ford. Of course. He called him Mr. Ford. <laughs> and uh, I just didn't want any part of it. And I said, okay, Dad. So describe to me. He says, okay, this, this, this. You get pension. You get pension. I said, okay, great. And I'm in the cubicle for the rest of my life. Right? I said, yeah. shoot me now. I said, it's your dream. It's not my dream. I said, right. this is, sounds terrible to me. <laughs> right? He said, but son. I said, no buts, Dad. I said, I don't know about this retirement plan. I'm 18. You tell me about retirement. You know? Yeah. I said, I'm miserable. I'm, gonna be, I'm miserable in school. I hate school. Right? And I'm miserable thinking about what's going to happen after school. And what was worse than that, I remember they had a chart. Once you graduate four years from now, in a few years you make 50 grand if you're an A student, you know, 40 grand if you're a B student. And I'm looking at my dad, Dad, I'm going to make more than that right this year. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to wait four or five yeah. years graduating and wait two or three more years. I said, I'm going to make more than that this year. And 50 who knows grand, that year. sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those jobs hiring. Let me check the stock market again. That same thing's real. Moving you know, back you know. to Detroit. <laughs> And what so did your friends a, think, though? Because obviously, you know. Well, th- here's what's interesting. My friends in college, I went back to college and I told them what I was thinking about doing, right? And, you know, it was interesting. You, you, you always think, there were about six guys, five, six guys I hung out with in, in school. And you always think you, your friends are on board with your rest of stuff. And one mm-hmm. of the guys looked at me, he says, you know, we're really tired of hearing all this BS about you know Marvin Gaye and you know Smokey Robinson, wow. da, da, da. I mean, they didn't believe anything I was saying. Right, they said, they said, you know what, if, if you really had all that opportunity, you wouldn't be here with us. And I said, you know, that's the first thing anybody said to me to make some sense. Yeah. So I pushed away my books. I said, why don't y'all take these books and trade them in because I ain't going to need these at all. Right. And I left the lunchroom, and I remember it was a glass door, and I just went to my car, drove off. I've never been back there since. Wow. Yeah. I wish I could find those guys and oh, say, yeah. hey, guys, what you think? Yeah. <laughs> None of them, no contact. Jeez. No. Wow. What is it like? At, at, I'm hoping at, they find me on Facebook, but not one of them has found me on Facebook. But I'm pretty sure they know, hey, that kid that we kicked <laughs> out of school. No. Well, what's it like at 17? Literally, just you, you leave home, you haven't graduated, and, and now you're touring with the Stones and you're recording <laughs> yeah, in San Fran. Yeah. I mean, you seem like you got a really good head on your shoulders, too. I mean, I, you hear horror stories, and at seventeen, I can't imagine being introduced to you know going from zero to sixty. That lifestyle, yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, the lifestyle. Yeah. How, I mean, well, the lifestyle started much earlier. Okay, you know, I yeah. saw I saw people at fourteen in the bathroom doing cocaine, and I'll never forget. I walked in the bathroom. I'm a big guy. I hit the door, and I hit the guys, and their cocaine fell over oh. on the floor. In a bath, it's a dirty bathroom. I'm talking about one of those yellow ones with the it look like pee is on the floor. Yeah. So the cocaine is there, sticking to That's pee on the, the floor, right? Okay, well, go, guess <laughs> what? it doesn't hey, look like hey, it. Mixed with dirt. <laughs> okay, so it's dirty, and they're trying to they were, instead of them punching me out, they were busy on the floor trying to get the cocaine oh out God. of the yeah. pee and you know. And I saw that and it was like, really? You know, so at an early age, none yeah. of that looked none of that looked appealing to me. Just none of it looked appealing to me. You know? Of all the artists you've worked with, I mean, you've you've worked with all the heavy hitters. I mean, you're obviously learning along the way. What Absolutely. are the lessons? Who are the top three that you learned from, and and what are the lessons that you maybe applied to your career right. as you ventured off on your own? Well, Stevie wanted to taught me how to write songs. Period. So that's mm-hmm. the, I mean, way big time. 
huge advancement. I mean, just life changer. Right. You know, like crossing the street to the other side kind of deal. Uh, Barry White was very influential. Gene Page, who you probably don't know, but he was the guy that orchestrated all the stuff with Barry White. And uh, gosh, me, Herbie Hancock. I mean, there were many people along the way that taught me just a lot of things. Watching yeah. Marvin Gaye was, come on. Yeah, you're gonna learn God. something. I mean, the way he puts I his vocals together and cuts the tracks. I mean, you're just sitting there like this. Yeah. And you know, it's, what's interesting is everybody I worked with, I learned something. I picked up something from. Mm -hmm. And Stevie Wonder gave me the confidence and the security because he took me in the studio and recorded some of my songs and right. that sort of thing. And after a while, you you look at it and go, okay, well, I don't think I'm ever gonna sing like Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be that. You know. But then uh, you hear other people on the radio, and you go. But I could do better, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got a number one record. I won't even mention names. I heard people with number one records were just gonna baby, baby, boom, boom, boom. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, man, I don't know if I'm gonna sing like Stevie Wonder and do all that, and I'm not gonna do it. But I can do this, you know. Right. And so then you get your courage up, and you've seen the other guys do it, and you say, well, I'm on the studio, I'm playing all these hit records. I see how it's being made, and a lot of times I'm putting them all together anyway, you know. So I say, well, I think I should just do that for me. Let's see how that works, and, yeah. and it worked. But, yeah. Ray, I'm curious. So you're, you're 17, 18 years old. You're heading out. You're working for the Rolling Stones. I, I, at the end of the, the show, how does your night end? Like, do you end up going back to the tour bus, to the hotel? Like, how, how does, as an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, the like, same way it began, with girls. See, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> Are you Thank kidding you. me? There's girls at lunch break. There were girls <laughs> with sound check. There were girls. At 18, you got the energy for this, too, by the way. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not like I'm talking about. It. You can really like, you know, more than perform when you're. See, comedy is a lot different. Right? <laughs> Comedy's. Uh, I'm saying, you know, yeah, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes, <laughs> you're I mean, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes <laughs> in comedy. Dudes just want to laugh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, why we get into some, the business. I mean, you know, I never forget there was a night I thought I was too tired to do anything. And, uh, <laughs> now we're of, getting to the sizzle. Okay, I think, but wait a minute. Wait a minute Here's the documentary, it. Ray. Yeah. Well, I want to take the night off. Can yeah, I have yeah. one night off? You know? I'm so tired from banging <laughs> strange yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. I need a breather. Give me a, give me a Gatorade. I need my electrolytes. And, uh, Poor Ray Parker Jr. I'll never forget the sax player. I think it was Dave Sanborn was in the band with us. Yeah. Know? Really? And uh, Yeah. So Dave comes to me. He says, he says you're not sleeping tonight. We're going to the, the Playboy Mansion. The mansion, you know, in Chicago. I'm too tired. And I was like, mansion? What mansion? Hugh Hefner? I don't even know who no Hugh Hefner was. That's the original one, right? Because he's it's from original Chicago. One. Yeah, the original right? one. Yeah. He, he, say, he says, trust me, yeah. you're going out tonight. Him and the trumpet player, Mr. Steve Medeo, they got me and dragged me out. And next thing I know, we're in this white building in Chicago. Then we go upstairs. And then there's all the Playboy bunnies that I've been uh, wasting myself away to on the, you know, <laughs> the monthly. Wasting They're all there. You know. away to is beautiful. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. You know. And so, I mean, it was just the most interesting thing. There's Hugh Hefner in the robe, and uh, the, the girl that was the most beautiful was Barbie Benton. I mean, yeah. she was drop dead. I mean, it's not that the other two. I think we've all wasted our way. It's, <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. it's not that the other ones weren't, but yeah. she was, like, unbelievable. And we had the, the swimming pool with the girl in the swimming pool. They, we had the Japanese restaurant where they're cooking the food, and we just stayed there all night party had a good time yeah, i'm sure you guys just hung out and talked and uh, I mean, talked yeah, about the carter administration and, yeah yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So <laughs> if, how, if how long are you with stevie then that whole like the 70s a little or, or no a little less than a year a little less than a year okay, yeah. okay. I, it's funny it seemed like i was with everybody forever but um it was short 
What was I kept moving fast, and I was going from one. I just wanted to say if Ray's dad was at the Playboy Mansion with him, and there was that Japanese steakhouse. No, but he's been to Japanese steakhouse with me in Japan, but not. He would have ignored the beautiful women, and he would have been like, "Why is my meat cut up into shreds?" Exactly. I want a full piece of meat. Damn it! Ray, what's a song that you had written for someone else that you're most proud of? What is the hit that? And what is the hit that you wrote for somebody else? But what is the hit that you wish you would have kept for yourself? Well, that's a different story. Okay. Because the the hit that I'm sort of really proud of, the one that really changed my life, was a song that I got no credit for. It won Song of the Year, uh, got a Grammy, a tune called "You Make Me Feel Like Dancing." Wow! Oh, wow! That's dance the night away. That's me playing the guitar. Dancing. That's me. I organized the whole that's, band. I oh, put the man. whole thing together. Yeah. And I got no credit at all. My name's not even on the record. But that got me my own record deal with my own band radio because Clive Davis and just about everybody was all the musicians but there were lots of witnesses mm-hmm. so it's not a question as to did I do it or not you know Clive Davis immediately got my number when he heard Jack and Jill and he says this kid cut this and he looked at me and he said they didn't pay you for that I'll give you everything but take wow. take the song Jack and Jill back from this guy mm-hmm. and give it to me which is what I did yeah mm-hmm. and I got no credit for the other song I didn't know anything about lawsuits and all I'm a kid from Detroit well I know about that yeah but that one I got and went on. Mr. Telephone Man is probably my biggest mistake. Oh, okay. Because I wrote the song when I wrote Jack and Jill and You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. Yeah. And I actually, the other song I wrote was You Got the Love for Rufus and Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. That was, but I wrote them all about the same time. And I didn't like Mr. Telephone Man. So I took the same track with the same kind of sound with the chords and everything, and I rewrote the lyrics to The Woman Needs a Love. Just like you do, do them. Can we dim the lights? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Steve, wipe you your pants off. I'm about to race myself <laughs> off, guys. I don't know. So I changed the key a little bit. But if you think about it, they're the same kind of song. Mm-hmm. Both of them go boom, do, 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 The telephone man, do, 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 the woman needs love. So it's oh, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So I changed the words to fit more of what I thought me. Yeah. You know, the girls like me, and I haven't sing it to the girls. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Telephone Man's like, I don't know about that. Now, then when I did on the new edition, it's like, well, I should have kept that. Yeah. That would have been a hit on me. It sounds just like the other one. I mean, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. And everybody's like, wow, that sounds just like Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the only person didn't think so was that stupid guy, Ray Parker Jr. You know? <laughs> so well, things like you, that happen. You know, you go past your own self. Can we walk, can you walk us through, uh, obviously, I mean, you're synonymous with Ghostbusters with yeah. just and, and look, you got to look back on it. What a great film to be attached oh, to! And what a great, yeah. It's an iconic Hollywood. You know, you think the '80s, you think Ghostbusters, yeah, you think yeah. your song instantly. How did that all come to fruition for you? That's and, a, that's what I'm gonna call. Um, you work hard all your life, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get rewarded. You get hit records and everything, but that's like hitting the baseball like way out of the park, and it never comes back. Nobody's ever even found the baseball. I mean, it's right. just gone. You know. And um, to be honestly truthful, I had when I first cut it, no one had any idea mm-hmm. it was going to be that huge. You know, I remember right. the director was overwhelmed. He thought I was a genius. He just was like, "Oh my gosh, he's the only guy that could get the words Ghostbusters because you can't sing those words." Right. But he wanted it in the song, and I was like, "No wonder I'm getting paid so much money. You got to sing Ghostbusters, and, you know." And it never worked. Yeah. For me, you know. And I remember when I saw the film, there was a shot in the film of the Ghostbusters. And they had the phone number underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I remember late at night, that looked like one of those Roto-Rooter bu- commercials. Every, any one of those bug commercials you see, yeah. you always see the extinguisher guys, and they got the backpacks squirting the bugs. 
but it looks just like a Ghostbuster <laughs> to me. Yeah. And they got the number on it. Who mm-hmm. do you call? Rotorooter down to, you know, all that kind of different commercial. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's what I got to do. I got to make it who you going to call. And I'm never going to say the word Ghostbusters because I can't. It doesn't sing good. Yeah. So in the song, I never say Ghostbusters. Wow. So it's just wow. the, the chorus. Just the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just say who you going to call. Wow. Never even realized that, really. Yeah. 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 If you listen to the song, I never once say Ghostbusters. And how long did it take you? Because you hear, like. Only had two and a half, three days. That was it. That was it. That was it. You just banged they had, it they out. They had been hiring people for a year or so, and the director didn't like anything. He just didn't like it. And that was Reitman? Was yeah, Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Reitman. Okay. Reitman. Yeah. yeah, he's the one who actually picked it. And when I, even when I wrote it for the movie, I'd only recorded a minute and a half of it because they said it's just going to go over 20 seconds of the library scene. Not that big a deal. Yeah. But it's got to have the words Ghostbusters in it. That was his vision. The music's got to come here. It's got to be exciting. They showed me the scene. But it's got to have Ghostbusters in it. I was like, well, that's what the hard part is. <laughs> like getting Ghostbusters in the song. And know? what's it like when that, when that video comes out and then you see the guys in Times Square dancing yeah. and are, are you thinking... Okay, well, we'll see how this does. And then, boom, it just skyrockets. Well, what are you thinking not, when you're watching it? I actually it? had some of the, to do with the video because when they started talking about making it a record, I was like, uh-oh, I only got a minute of it. You know, so we yeah. had to stretch that. And then uh, because all my records were singing to girls, Clive Davis was concerned and I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the video going to be, me singing to the ghosts? I mean, what is that? <laughs> And so I, I came up with the idea, I said, you know, so I told Ivan, I said, you know, if it's a Saturday Night Live, guys, and we just make a spoof out of it, it could be okay. And then Ivan took it way further than that, put everybody. Oh, yeah, what do you got? Wow. You know, yeah. I'm thinking if we just get a couple of guys from Saturday Night Live, and, you know, but he took it and put everybody in the video. I mean, you had, you had Danny crazy. DeVito, you had Terry Garr, you had uh, just everybody. Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase was in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And he, he did so much with it. You know, I'll never forget, he said, to, he looked at me, he says, and he was working so hard on it, you know. Mm-hmm. He looked at me, he says, you know, Ray, you're going to be the only person in history with a video for me. It's the first one and the last one. Wow. He says, I'm not doing any more That's videos. That's pretty good. Ever. You wouldn't even think about that. That's Ivan right. Reitman did nope. his. Yeah. Um, Ivan Reitman did my video. He's so the only one he's doing. Yeah. With the with the single, with, with the with the song, it, you know, you're, you've got such a storied career. I mean, you go on yeah. Wikipedia and, and you talk to... Uh, you know, the director of A Hired Gun, and, and you hear about your resume, and you're known for this song. Is is it a blessing and a curse, or is it just a blessing for it's you? It's just a blessing. Just a blessing. You have to be smart enough to know when you got the lotto ticket. Right. Right. And, and you know, and I don't care what anybody, they can say all the one-hit wonders they want. They can say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you check it out, you'll know the history. Right. But the idea that I can be a hero to all my sons, right, because I have yeah. a timeless song that never dies. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the paychecks, the, company, yeah, the licensing and commercial. Still. I mean, for me to say I don't like Ghostbusters, it would just be an abomination. I mean, it would be right. like being unthankful or something. You know? Well, it's funny. Even as comics, it's so difficult as a comic to get you know, a pilot for a TV show made, yeah. and then that pilot get picked up to 13, yeah. then it get picked up for a season, and on exactly. and on. And, and I just remember, we were talking about Tom Rhodes, and he had a TV show called mm-hmm. Mr. Rhodes, and it only lasted a season, and somebody said, well, oh, that, that, that's a bummer, it only lasted a season. But you don't realize how difficult yes. that process is yes. to just get something on the air. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just to have this, and, and I mean, have everything aligned. It's like what you say. It's like with Ghostbusters, all of the stars met at the same time. The music met the lyrics, met the performance, met the sound in the studio, met the promotion, mm-hmm. met the film, met everything went at the same time. And the public was ready for it. It just all went at the same time, you know. 
And that launched, what was that, summer of 84? Was summer that, of 84. That was a yeah. magical, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And your Tigers won the World Series. That That's, right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't laugh. Two, two years ago, I went, they, they had me come to Detroit yeah. and sing the national anthem because Ghostbusters was released in 84 and they won in 84. Oh. And, I'm fr- and I'm from Detroit. You know? That's so crazy. What yeah. was that like? That's the first and only time I've ever sang the, the, the national anthem. Really? And I oh, did wow. better than Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> and you never pissed your pants. No. I brought a, hey, how about this? I'm a musician. And I don't have that voice, like, you know, with that huge range. So I was smart enough to bring my guitar mm-hmm. so I could start in the right key and hit all the notes. And yeah. I just sang it like the national anthem. And I didn't forget the words. And I was good. Everybody yeah. applauded. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. You know. Well, so you, you didn't see any videos of me on YouTube, you know, getting crazed out. You know, can you tell try us to get crazy. what you're working on now? Oh, what I'm working on now, I thought I was working on a new album for myself. I think I'm going to call it The Old Guys. <laughs> Wait till you hear some of the songs, though. It relates to some of these problems, stuff that goes on. But, you know, my two sons, are in. I built a new studio next door to my house from the ground up. It's a beautiful place. How old are your kids? 17 and 19. Well. The, baby, the young ones, the music ones. Man, they've been in the studio. I can't get in. Oh, really? I mean, these guys are writing songs. And it sounds like today's music. They're both coming out this summer with, with Prada. But ah, it's, 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 congrats. it's more than amazing. I mean, it's just... It's not even amazing because I'm near dead. It's just I just sit there with my mouth like, when I couldn't do that when I was their age. I mean, maybe they have access to more things than I Right. Have, but, man, they way past wherever I was. How know? crazy would it be if one of them said, I want to work for the Ford Motor Company? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I looked at him like, Detroit, really? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know what? I think if one said that, I'd probably send them back, ship them back to Detroit. Yeah. Pay their rent for a year, which would only be $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in the old neighborhood and let's see see how this works for you. Call me when you you know, when you know get settled. So. Yeah, because I would assume, like, look, first of all, your, your, your song is so I mean, every Halloween they play it. I mean, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's got to be so great. Um, number one well, and great. number two in 52 countries around the world. Really? Wow. Yeah. The and most amazing thing is I could go to Indonesia and nobody even speaks the language, but they just hear the song and they like it. And it's, it's great you embrace that. I think like Jimmy Walker and, and, and Larry the Cable Guy, this comedian, yeah. everywhere he goes, he's like, get her done. Or Jimmy Walker, dynamite. And they're just like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, they no, don't want to yeah. hear it. But you're just like, you're yeah. thinking about. Well, of course you should want to yeah. hear it. I mean, that's the thing. Most people in the world, you can't say something and everybody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. This is 33 years later, and you can go anywhere on the planet Earth if you go, who are you going to call? Yeah. Everybody knows what you're talking about. I mean, it's the funniest thing, you know. Well, and when I was say that to me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> when you sang "Busting Makes Me Feel Good," that too. <laughs> did you Did you think of that line you know when you're the, the Playboy you know Mansion? You know what and it you're is. Like, you know. You know what it is. How about this? In that song, and you know, it's funny you know. In that song, yeah. the key words, first number one phrase. Yeah. Who you gonna call? Mm-hmm. Second phrase, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Right. Then everybody, if you're a little bit more playful, busting makes me feel good. Say, what's he talking about there? You know. Oh, you know he's. And the way I phrase it, you know, we we change from the rest of the song with all. Who you gonna call? Then we go. <laughs> and everybody goes, Where's he, where did he go with that? You know, That's great. Oh, now, God. Quite, quite the segue. Tell us about the foundation, though. Because we are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're coming close to the finish line yeah, here. We do, want, we do want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, what, what's interesting, my parents were, start, were starting to get sick. My dad had cancer in the bladder. And, and remember, I told you my parents were getting older. Mm-hmm. So they're approaching 80-ish, you know. And so I had stopped working. After the other woman, I was back in Detroit spending a lot of time with my parents. And I'll never forget, Gerald Busby called me up and said, I want you to see these kids in Boston. Now, I'm in Detroit. It's freezing cold. It's February. Mm-hmm. He's talking about going to Boston, late January, February. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> and, you know, so he was a smart guy. He called me back and he said, 
you know, in three weeks, the kids are playing in the Bahamas. So got my attention right yeah. away. He said, let's get the jet and go down to the Bahamas and see the kids. And they, they're the same. So I thought he wanted me to write a song. But when we got there, we partied so much, we missed the new edition. We missed, <laughs> it. We missed the show. Yeah. The kids were coming off the stage when we pulled up. Now I'm feeling obligated. And I'm thinking, oh, man, my mom's sick. I really don't feel like writing a song. And uh, he says, you don't have to write a song. They want to sing one of your old songs. So somebody, somehow they got a tape of one of the old songs I did. And they said, we want you to cut it just like you cut it there. Don't put no new stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Just cut it like that with the original sound. And the kids got an arrangement. And, you know, I worked with them in the studio. It was the first time Bobby Brown ever sang. He was the only wow. one who could sing up high. He was one of the rappers in the group. And they were like, well, who's, I was like, who your time to do the harmony? And they were like, well, we don't do harmony. Somebody else does our harmony. I says, on this record, you guys going to sing the Yeah. Harmony. So it was the first record where they sang all the parts and they did all of everything. Wow. So they really performed. It's, it's actually them on every single part of that record. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else on there but them. And so while I was in L.A., that one week I came to town, I was in Spago eating lunch with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the black billboard across the street. And then they're, they're starting to just paint a red line. I'm like, what's the black billboard? It's all black. Mm -hmm. Now they're painting a red circle. What's happening over yeah. there, right? My, my phone rings. Hello. It's, it's my friend Gary Lamel from Columbia Pictures. He says, I need you to help me out on this thing, da 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 He says, it's going to happen. I said, well, you know, Gary, I'm not really working now. I'm trying to turn it down, by the way. Yeah. I'm not really working now. My parents are sick. I'm going back to Detroit. He says, well, what are you doing now? I said, well, I'm doing this little thing on the new edition. He says, well, then you're out here working. Yeah. So he says, I'll give you 50 grand to stay two or three more days and work on this song for me. So, and I said, well, what is, what is the thing? He says, have you seen the black poster? Mm -hmm. the, they're making a circle. Yeah. I said, are you shitting me? I said, looking at it right out the yeah. window. You know? And so I was sitting there looking out the window, and he, that's when it got the call. And then he called me, you know, said, come in and do it. And we all met with the, me and I guess 10 other writers or something, met with the director. Mm -hmm. The director was telling us what he wanted. They showed us the dailies they had. And I sort of left the meeting early, and I said, well, I got it. I know, I know what you want. And I left early, you know. Yeah. Sort of almost rude, like, who's he think he is? Yeah. <laughs> Stay here. But I had heard enough, you know. I, I, they were talking, and I wanted to get out the room so I could start putting stuff on a tape recorder. Yeah. Get going, you know. And a couple of days later, I came back and gave him my cassette mm -hmm. <laughs> back then, for those who know what a cassette is, yeah. you know. And, uh, boy, he he called me at 3.30 in the morning. He says, I've already taken a cassette and flown it into the 35-millimeter mag tape. Wow, gun. yeah. He says, this is wonderful. He says, and I love how you're saying, I ain't afraid, no. And, you know, it was interesting because he's like a higher-end Jewish guy from a proper family mm -hmm. from Montreal. I'm like a ghetto kid from Detroit. So he was enamored with the the, the phrasing of it. Mm -hmm. I ain't. He says, what are you saying? I says, I ain't afraid, no ghosts. He says, I'm not afraid of any ghosts. He says, but I like how you're saying it. I ain't afraid no <laughs> yeah, ghosts. You know, so oh, that's funny. But yeah. then he was like, the, who are you going to call? He says, he's, I like how you're saying, who you going to call? I'm like, who you going to call? I mean, <laughs> so to him, it was like, that's he goes, weird. You know, but he goes, the one thing I do know, yeah. busting makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Busting makes me feel yeah. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think In it was, an English accent. Yeah. Part of it was the combination i had my little girlfriend who was 17 that's another story but i had my little girlfriend and her friends true inspiration come early in the morning mm -hmm. and put the background voice so they were yelling from the top of the they'd never been in a studio before so they're yelling yeah before class is the first time i said all you gotta do is yell ghostbusters with some enthusiasm so they yeah. were excited to be in a studio so they yelled it now they're all like valley kids so mm -hmm. they got that valley sound that that California, yeah, hey, man, where's but you know, yeah. so they got that sound. So that against me 
sounding like I'm from Detroit. Yeah. And then the crowd sounded like there's some Valley kids from the beach. Because the chorus didn't sound like professional singing. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. That's no. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's some, something's magical in there. Mm -hmm. It's like here's this guy leading the way, and then the the, the Valley kids come in. Yeah. You know, so they got this. I mean, it was just it couldn't do anything wrong. Well, Even in the studio, everything sounded good. And then the idea for this movie, you get together with Fran to do this documentary yeah. about yourself. Yeah. So that's so so the idea behind that is, hey, let's get this great story about Ray and his whole life and where yeah, he started from exactly. Detroit and where he is now. That's the idea for the documentary that you guys are exactly. putting together that Fran is helping exactly. you produce and mm -hmm. direct. And that's the idea for the Indiegogo campaign yes. as well, right? Exactly. Which we will have a link on our we'll Gentleman's Dojo page. Yeah. And by the way, people who donate to this amazing movie that's in the works, there's some very cool gifts that are involved. Yeah. Fran's taking care of all that. Yeah, I don't know anything. It's really, And he's really signing cool. away my life, but it's okay. I'll <laughs> well, participate. We're going to put the links up. We'll put the links up. And uh, I will kiss all out. the pretty girls who donate money. I mean, I yeah. will. I really will. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, we are heading towards the finish line here, and yeah. we got to we got to play this on the way out, right? Yeah. Will, he, will Ray sing it with us? Absolutely. You have to. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Ray, where can people keep in touch with you, by the way? RayParkerJr.com, Facebook, uh, everywhere. I'm on all that stuff. They First of all, I, I, the fact that you came into the studio, Instagram. we were so, yeah. so excited. Yeah. This guy drove up from San Diego. He wanted to be yeah, here. So for I'm going down to San Diego now. To, I'm going to, well, I got my car, but I got to oh, go see Herbie Hancock. Can I get a hang ride? Out tonight. Yeah, you get a ride. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Turn right, it up, so Steve. Awesome. Here we go. If something strange oh, man. in your neighborhood, who you going to call? Ghostbusters! If it's something weird <laughs> and it don't look good, who you gonna call? Sing it. Ghostbusters! <laughs> oh. Keep it going. I want to hear the one. Gentlemen's Dojo. Keen, where can they keep in touch with you? At Citizen Bustin', bustin', makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait too late in the song. That's to my ringtone. Right? <laughs> that is going to be my new ringtone. I got to hear him sing the bust that makes me feel good. I got to hear it. Bustin' <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> It's in the wrong spot, but it's a, wow. It's right. That way they know we're no, live, right? It's always in the right spot. Yes, yeah, like, I gotta oh. tell you, I gotta tell you, there's these little moments in your career where you're like, this is so awesome to be doing what we're doing. This is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this God. is one of those where you're sitting in front of Ray Parker Jr. Invisible man singing you the Ghostbusters sleeping song. in your bed. Oh, who you gonna call? Yeah, it just came out playful. Invisible man sleeping in your bed. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. This is Ray. We cannot thank you enough for coming in well, today. Thank you. We will we will link the Indiegogo campaign to our Gentleman's Dojo Facebook and website pages. So go there, check out the new documentary that's in the works right now with Fran Strine. We met last week through Hired Gun. And Hired uh, Gun is on Netflix right now. Yes. Who you gonna call? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Did they name Ackley's character after you, Ray? No. They that was already in the movie. Oh, yeah. Cool. Was on. The movie was done when Let I the man speak. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I hear it likes the ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ow! The Gentleman's Dojo. Our guest, the very talented, the very humble, the very funny Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, that dance. So those are the girls singing in the background, yes, huh? Yes. And that's before first period. Yeah. Before first period. That is crazy. My oldest son's mother. 
That's okay. another chapter, another episode. Oh, That's a whole nother, you know, whole nother show. Makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Gentleman's Dojo, ladies and gentlemen. Ray Parker Ray Jr. Parker Jr. Thank y'all you. remember Goma Powell, right? Of course. That's yeah. why at the end I go, I can't hear you. Because oh, I used to watch that as a kid. Sergeant Carter. That's why that is? Sergeant Carter, yeah. All this trivia. Ray Parker Jr., go check him out. We can't wait till the movie comes out. We're so excited. Thank you for being here with thank us in you. studio. I cannot thank you enough, Ray. Unless you just want some more, I think you better call. Ghostbusters! <laughs> oh! Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! <laughs> Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Uh, I think you better call. Ghostbusters! <laughs> Who you gonna call? can't hear you. <laughs> 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 then he go punk. Louder! <laughs> <laughs>